Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Talk doesn't stop. Sports talk radio that's live, local, and not for the faint of heart. Oh, you didn't know? Sometimes angry. Loud noises! Telling it like it is. You insulted him a little bit. You got a little out of order yourself. And pretty much always right. Well, don't ever argue with the big dog. Big dog is always right. Text or call 404-741-0929 and be part of the show. Well, we're waiting. From the Kia Studios, it's time for the John Chuckery Show. Serving you up sports on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And welcome into Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Yes, it is time for the John Chuckery Show. Hanging out with you here in the Kia Studios on this Wednesday evening with you for the full three. We ask you to download the Odyssey app. You're not in the car as much. You want to listen in, put the Odyssey app on one of your devices today. You can use your smartphone. You can use your Alexa speakers. You can use your tablet or your Epson printer or your iPod or your Walkman. Whatever your device is, just download it on something to be able to catch us when you are on the go. Social media is at 929thegame on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And as always, best way to be a part of the show is to follow us through our personal Twitter pages at JMCH316. Is your water cooler talking points three to six months in advance of anybody else that is out there producing the show on the other side of the glass? He'll be on later tonight. Our friend Day Day is uh, in the house at the D. Lewis for real with his fresh new do that he got last week. So was that uh, in preparation for Prep Sports Nation? No, 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 tonight? no. So, I just just wanted to take it down, and so can, can I tell you, uh-huh. Day Day again? I. I all of a sudden, like, I just had all these Twitter followers. Again? Yes. <laughs> I, I it's got to be something you're hashtagging. I, I don't – but, again, I don't tweet by and large. Like, honestly, like, I don't, I don't do a lot of tweeting and stuff like that, but it's just piling up. And, and here's – these people are, like, from other countries. They're – just blockchain. Um, I, I, I don't know. 
it's like, either it's either something that you looked at maybe or again something you you tweeted because that's what that's typically how the bots find you like it's something that you but that I, you I, did I, the only things I've tweeted about are the Falcons now yeah. I I do look at now I do look at I will say I do look at the market um and I do look at some financial things right like and I'll like peek in on crypto or something like that mm-hmm. but. <laughs> it's ridiculous, and they all have like, like the, what do they call it? Like the the monkey faces or the the oh, all those different type of emojis, like well, like or, the, the, uh, like their their avatars, avatars, yeah, are, are like like a cartoon or uh, I don't know. I mean, you just don't is, follow them back. No, no, I'm not, well, I don't even know who these people are. <laughs> they, they live in Uzbekistan or whatever. I mean, the, half the people that I'm looking at, they don't even have English words in their profile. Yeah. This guy's from Istanbul. Ankar Sandhu. Yeah. He's yeah. from Istanbul, and he's got 83 words that are not in English. <laughs> and he's got his avatar... Is like a, it looks like it's a like a digital, you know, like a video game, like on a digital with a with a gorilla and a hat, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's just ridiculous. I I don't know. Is it because I look at some of the crypto stuff? That or? could be definitely it. Ugh. But usually that's what it is. It's something you either looked at, responded to, Ugh. and then all of a sudden because they there's keywords that they're looking for, and then boom, they just. So and then it's just a trap to try to get you to follow them and then. But yeah. why would I follow any of these? I don't even know what these people are. <laughs> like it's it's ridiculous. Oh gosh. Anyway, um, I I don't know what algorithm I I put in, but I'm I'm like screwed right now. Like it's just all of these goofball <laughs> people. Just ugh. All right. Anyway, um. A lot to get into with you here this evening. We're watching Braves baseball right now, so uh, two nothing. Well, actually, two to one now. Braves are already up. Austin Riley hit a two run homer in the first inning. It's crazy that this game is starting so early. Now, look, Braves can clinch the division. Are we still worried about the division? Are people still worried about it? Didn't we? Didn't we have the division over with three months ago? I mean, you yeah, you called that. Oh, yeah, okay, all right, so. It's, because again, has anybody even gotten within ten games of the Braves over the last three months? Day day, no. legitimately. I mean, has has any team, Philadelphia or the the um, the, the, Phil, the Philadelphia the, Phillies, the the Suckwad Mets or any, has anybody even gotten like within ten games of the Braves of late? No, Marlins were the last team. They were weren't they? At, and at I, one point they I, were like, like they were seven, like eight and a half, yeah, something or something like that. Like that. Since then, I, no. Yeah, like nobody's even come close in the division. It's it's literally been over since July. Like, didn't we proclaim in July that the division was over? We yeah. talked about that. Yep. I think we even talked about maybe before the All Star break that we proclaimed. In July, that the division was over, we got all hot takey. Yeah, yeah. I can't even get hot takey without it all coming true. Yeah, yeah. Can't even, I know. Can't even go hot take and ha- not have it come true. Yep. I can't be countered. Did you see his five hot picks over the weekend? And he lost all five anyway. <laughs> um. So the Braves are up right now, two to one. Now Strider's on the mound and he's already struggling 
Um, good thing they uh, they hit the home run, but um, he's already struggling. He's walked a couple of guys and and given up a run. He's given up a hit and a run, a couple of walks, does have a couple of strikeouts, but um, you know, putting too many guys on base. Um, so that's not typical of him walking a bunch of guys. He's got two strikeouts, but he's got two walks in the first inning um, as well. So he's through the first, but uh, we'll keep you up to date uh, all night long as the Braves look to clinch the division. And everybody, by the way, all the Atlanta media is in Philadelphia, you know, to be able to cover it. And they'll be in the clubhouse and all that good stuff for the ceremony and all that good stuff. So anyway, um, hopefully the Braves just – get this thing done and uh, over with. And I think that they're six and a half up on the Dodgers for the best record with 17 to play. So again, everything has come together for the Braves. It's been over. It's been over for a while. Everything's been over. It's just a fait accompli. Live out the season for the rest of the time and just, you know, whatever happens, happens uh, here. So, uh, and obviously last night, um, you know, Matt Olson, we talked about this uh, briefly, but, Matt Olson obviously ties the single-season record for home runs by a Braves player, and that that includes everybody. Like, that that doesn't have to be a modern-day, you know, record. That includes even Hugh Duffy and people like that. I mean, so remarkable accomplishment. Um, is he going to get 60? Will they let him play enough to go get 60? Now, I will say this. So if they clinch the division tonight, okay? So let's let's just for argument's sake say they clinch the division here in Philadelphia tonight, okay? So they will have tomorrow off and then they play a series against the just dirtbag low-life Miami Marlins. Okay? How many how many of the starters do you think play Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Like, I think that everybody at some point over the weekend is going to get a day off. Like, they can't obviously all take off, right? I mean, so you can't you can't have, you know, eight positional guys that take the night off. There's not eight positional players. Unless you're going to take the pitchers and you're going to take, you know, you're going to take, um, you know, uh, what, uh, uh, Rosiel Iglesias, you know, put him at third base or something. So, again, you can't play everybody and sit everybody out. But I have this sneaking feeling that everybody's going to get a day off over the weekend at some point. I guess the question would be when would they clinch the um, home field advantage? Because I guess that would kind of be. Well, but, I mean, but I don't, again. I don't see the Dodgers okay, being so, able to catch them. Yeah, but again, okay, they're going to be at home to, to start the playoffs. Right. I mean, so, so they're a division champion. They'll be at home. They'll either have the first or second best record. You know, again, it, it's six and a half with 17 to go. Right. I don't see that going away. But let's just say the Braves tank and the and the Dodgers ride. So, again, they'll finish with the second best record. That still, I think, gets them a bye in the first round. Right. Because right now, I think it is looking more like the Giants and Philadelphia or somebody like that. Um, obviously the Cubs are now making a move. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, they're headed up in the wild card. So again, I don't, I don't even know what the baseball playoff standings are right now, but again, Braves will have Braves will have home field advantage when they get in the first. Now, again, it'll be a short series. You know, all these, all these, after you get through that little 
whatever, that that wild card thing that they do or whatever like that, still a five-game set. But um, I, I think I think the Braves are going to get some guys some time off over the weekend. Like, I think that they will, rather than playing in the heat down in Miami, mm-hmm. and again, it's and it's and listen, it's been miserable here, um, you know, playing in Miami, and, and it is, you know, it's a – it's a 6:40 start on Friday, 4:10 start on Saturday, and then a 1:40 start on Sunday. I think there'll be some guys that gets a little bit of time off over the weekend, and then they'll come back home uh, to take on Philadelphia um, in a three-game set. That's not going to mean anything. That home series with the Cubs right before the end of the year could be a little bit interesting. I mean, not not because they're playing for anything, but just getting a scouting report on you know, what the Cubs may look like. So we'll keep you up to date, though, of what happens uh, tonight, and we'll see if they can clinch uh, tonight. Uh, Pack, er, Packers and Falcons coming up on Sunday. Um, we got a lot of news and notes about the Falcons uh, with uh, some guys that were back at practice. We will talk to D. Orlando Ledbetter coming up here at 740 uh, as we get ready for Falcons and Panker, Packers coming up on Sunday, 1 o'clock kick. 11 o'clock will be your pregame uh, with Chris Goforth and Mike Johnson. And, of course, Wes and Dave will have the call coming up at uh, 1 o'clock. But, uh, obviously, both teams 1-0. and uh, Both teams impressive in what they did. Um, you know, the Packers just rolled the uh, the Chicago Bears. So, we'll talk to D-Led and, and get you ready. And a lot of fun notes and stuff like that. And we're going to talk about the Falcons coming up here in the next segment because, again, I pro football focus has gotten it wrong. But, Anyway, we'll uh, we'll talk about that uh, throughout the show. Um, we've got Jason Longshore coming up at eight twenty tonight as we get ready for this weekend. Uh, Atlanta United and Inter Miami. And is Messi going to play? Is he not going to play? Who cares? Let Let me tell you again. And I I said this to Conti and I were joking about this again. What's my theory about this? If he doesn't want to play, then I'm going on the field and going to do snow angels on the field with, with, with Coors Light in hand, okay? Like I'm Steve Austin, and I'm just going to do snow angels in the turf and let all that, that rubber dust stuff fly up in the air. That's what every player for the Atlanta United should be doing, to get down with Coors Lights in hand and just do snow angels on the field and just have that dust, that, that you know, those little rubber pellets and stuff that's on there? Just have that stuff flying up in the air everywhere. They have the whole team lay down on the field and just rubber pellet dust it up everywhere. So we'll 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 discuss that with Jason Longshore and see if he's buying into all of that uh, or not. But um, uh, I guess Messi will probably play. Um, <laughs> remember when he played us last time? <laughs> how'd that look? <laughs> how'd then? How'd that all go for Atlanta United? Yeah, that so, didn't go too well. No, nah, it didn't, didn't go too well. He looked like a man amongst boys. I mean, he really did. Like he he looked like somebody who was everybody else was not at his level, and that's hard to do. I mean, yeah. but everybody looked like they were not at his level. So, um, and not surprising news. But bad news, Max Scherzer is going to be out for the year, and it looks like all of the playoffs as well. Mm -hmm. I tell you, Texas certainly was a team that has been fantastic this year, certainly would have been a real legitimate World Series contender, um, you know, in that, uh, you know, in that division. I mean, look, the Astros have taken control of the division 
but the the Rangers are a real threat. They've played really well this year, and they've had themselves a good season. No Max Scherzer for the rest of the year, and it looks like the playoffs uh, as well. So, All right. Um, I love pro football focus, but you can tell by this article that they don't understand the Falcons. I'll give it to you next. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, Sports Radio, 929 The Game, Odyssey.com app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Sports Radio 92.9, the game back at a Chuckery show. Hanging out in the Key Studios Wednesday night with you. 404-726-0929. That is both our phone line and our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. We can take your phone calls uh, in this segment if you so choose. Um, we'll talk to D. Orlando Ledbetter coming up in about 20 minutes from right now. Jason Longshore will join us at 820 this evening. And we're watching Braves baseball as we... Uh, Braves are up two to one. We're waiting to see if they can uh, end up clinching tonight uh, the division. So we'll keep you up to date with all of that. We get ready for Falcons and Packers coming up on Sunday. Now, you know I'm a fan of Pro Football Focus. I, I will I will fully admit I'm a fan. Look, if you can give me better metrics for guys, then I'll listen. Or, or give me the website that has specific metrics. For players, and I'm a subscriber to. Believe it or not, Day Day, I actually pay nine ninety nine a month for my subscription to 
pro football focus to be to get their premium stats and stuff. Because I like looking at kind of looking at all the different numbers and diving into some of the numbers and stuff like that. Okay. So they had an article up um, that graded out, uh, it basically said grading all 31st, uh, all 31 first round picks, um, you know, after week one of the regular season. And this is by Dalton uh, Wasserman. Okay. And they go through all the different picks and stuff like that. They, they, they do them in the order that they were drafted, right? So you get to the Falcons, and number eight, obviously. Robinson had a 71.2 grade. Um, he had 32 snaps in, in week one. But this is what bothers me, and this is what tells me when people don't know or understand what the Falcons are. Now, here's what they have to say. Robinson's Atlanta debut was electric despite him being in a timeshare with Tyler Algier. Robinson finished the day with 83 total yards, five forced missed tackles, and a touchdown. The Falcons are keen on taking advantage of Robinson's receiving ability as he lined up as a wide receiver on 10 of his 32 snaps. Conventional wisdom may see Algier as an obstacle to Robinson's opportunities, but the Falcons are already finding ways to succeed with both. All right. Obviously, the timeshare, despite being in a timeshare with Tyler Algier, and then conventional wisdom may see Algier as an obstacle, okay? That tells me right there you don't understand the Atlanta Falcons. That tells me that you really don't know about this team. Does anybody think that Tyler Algier is an obstacle to B. John Robinson and what he can do this year? Have we not spent much? I mean, again, we've talked about so many things about this team going into this year. And, and I've talked about, and I literally did a segment on the radio show. I did one on my seg- on my uh, podcast that, look, Tyler Algier is not just some flunky. He's not just some toady that's along for the ride. He is your traditional RB1. And, and that's not, and, and Day Day, how many times have I said that Bijan Robinson is not going to lead the league in rushing, not because of his talent or anything like that, but again, they're not going to get away from the, the – he's not going to be a 40-carry back, is B. John Robinson. No, not the way this offense is set up Right. Now. And now, again, Cordero Patterson, we'll talk about the flyover. Cordero Patterson is back at practice. You're going to see a few carries out of him. But they had 15 carries for Algier and 10 for B. John Robinson, along with six catches. He had more touches than anybody. Algier is your traditional RB1. Now, look, I'm not comparing him to whatever, Ezekiel Elliott in his prime or Derrick Henry or Tony Dorsett or whatever. But he's a very good back, and he's a 1,000-yard running back who got his 1,000 yard, yards last year in only seven starts on 210 carries. They're not going to just 
forget Des or forget Tyler Algier is on the roster. They're not just going to shove him off to the side and say, "Okay, he had a nice year last year. Now, now we're now we're ready for somebody." Else. No. The plan has been the whole time for Robinson to not be a traditional RB one and to line up in different places. Now, I thought early on he would get a few carries because breaking him into the NFL, right? I mean, just to get his sea legs under him as far as life in the NFL without putting too much on his plate. But obviously they they felt like, okay, we can line him up as a wide receiver or whatever you want to call it. I don't care if it's an H-back or a flanker or whatever terminology you want to use, but on a third of his snaps. And he got opportunities to run the football. But see, pro football focus has been so fixated on him leading the league in rushing when he's not a traditional running back. And I don't say that in a bad sense. I mean, they're going to use him in all different ways. What they do when they got down in the red zone the first time, threw him a swing pass, and he ran everybody over, Mm -hmm. and he ran into the end zone, right? That's called using your personnel. And again, when you see Algier and Robinson, they're going to spend a lot of time on the field together, assuming that guys aren't hurt or different things like that. But Algier is your traditional number one running back. I know Robinson was listed at number one on the depth chart, but I'm talking about from a traditional running back sense. And this is not a knock against Tyler Algier, but he's not the pass catcher that B. John Robinson is. Now, here's the one thing B. John Robinson's got to get better at. His pass blocking has to improve. His pass blocking was dreadful. Yeah. By the way, do you know what his pass – we talked about uh, uh, Chris Lindstrom had a 16.7 grade. Mm-hmm. Do you know what B. John Robinson's pass blocking grade was? No. Take a guess. Uh, if, if I, I'm going to tell you this. Lindstrom's I'm going to tell you this. What? Lindstrom's was 16.7. B. John's was lower than that. Take a guess. 9.3. Five. <laughs> His grade was a five. Just standing on the field would get you a five grade. But he was not good. He wasn't, no. He was not he good in pass protection. yeah. And, and by the way, he was good in college at pass protection. So, again, I don't know what, what it was, jitters, whatever, whatever you want to say. I'm not worried about that with B. John Robinson. He's got to be better. But I'm not worried about that he can't pass block or anything like that. He can pass block. Yeah. It looked like it was more of a speed thing, like he just kind of wasn't. Or just knowing your assignments yeah. and knowing who to. Look, again, you know, those guys on the defensive side get paid too, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and again, when you've got Shaq Thompson, Brian Burns, Derek Brown breathing, how many guys that are at the ability of Shaq Thompson, Brian Burns, and Derek Brown, did did he face at Texas? Exactly. How, how, how right. many defensive linemen that good did he face at Texas? I'm sure he probably saw one here, one there. He didn't see three guys on one team that are all very good NFL players. 
Right. So it's an adjustment period. Yeah, that's all. But the idea that there's an obstacle for Robinson or he's in a timeshare with them tells me you didn't understand what this team was. And they used all kinds of backs last year, right? Patterson, Huntley, uh, Algier. Like, they use a lot of backs in their offense. They don't have Derrick Henry. You know, they don't have a 40-carry guy. They don't have a guy that's like Jamal Anderson or Derrick Henry that's going to carry it 40 times in a game. That's not how they're going to do it. And they're not going to overload one guy on that, you know, in that run game. You know, I expect that if Patterson plays this weekend, which all trends are, you know, pointing that direction, he was out there on the practice field today. We'll we'll bring this up to D led, but he was out on the practice field today. So I expect him to get some carries. I expect Algier to get his carries. And Robinson's going to get his carries. But there's nobody holding Robinson back from his potential. And certainly not a thousand-yard rookie running back who set the Falcons rookie franchise record for rushing yards in a season. Like, how is that a guy that's an obstacle or a timeshare? And that's what's so crazy about it. But again, there's going to be plenty of carries to go around. And, and I do think that Algier will lead this team in carries. I don't think I don't think Robinson is going to have more carries than Algier because you're going to use him in some different places. You're going to use him in different ways that Algier is not going to get used as. Tyler Algier is not lining up as a wide receiver. Or if he is, it's going to be a, a gimmick when he does it. But Robinson is a legitimate guy. You know, again, all the comps were, you know, I saw a lot of comps that were Marshall Falk. And, again, let's slow down before we start talking about Marshall Falk. But Marshall Falk was, we've talked about this, day day. Marshall Falk could have been a number one wide receiver in the NFL. Marshall Falk was that good of a player, that good of a route runner, and that good of a pass catcher. He could have been a number one wide receiver if he wasn't a running back. But he could do everything. Yes. And that's what they're going to ask Robinson to do is they're going to ask him to play a lot of hybrid types of positions, right? Remember, positionless football. That's what this is. Kyle Pitts, Drake London, Bijan Robinson. You know, it's positionless football for this team. And they hold true to that. Like they they believe in that. When you talk to those guys, they firmly believe in it. They firmly believe in the concept of we are positionless football. That's not just a catchphrase or a slogan, you know, like a Dan Quinnism. The Bears not loose. We're not fast and furious with our Hunger Games index as we're all gas and no brakes. They believe in that. And that's why I say he was not going to lead the league in rushing. Not because he doesn't have the ability to do it, but on this team and in this offense, he's going to be asked to do a lot more than just line up in the eye and run it up through the middle. 
That's that's what it is, and that's what they believe in, and that's what they're going to do with it. All right, D. Orlando Ledbetter, when we get back, Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, Sports Radio, and on the game, the Odyssey.com app. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game, back at it, Chuck Show, hanging out in the Kia Studios on this Wednesday evening with you. 404-726-0929, Solomon Brothers, Diamond Text Line to be a part of this show. Falcons and Packers get uh, going on Sunday. 11 o'clock will be pregame. That will be right here on the home of the Atlanta Falcons on 92.9, The Game. Chris Goforth and Mike Johnson have the pregame. They will lead you into 1 o'clock when Toe meets Leather. West Durham, Dave Archer with the call, and then Chris Goforth and Mike Johnson will have all of the postgame action. Let's head out to the WadeFord.com hotline, Atlanta's four dealer. Let's talk to our guy, D. Orlando Ledbetter. He, of course, covers the Atlanta Falcons for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. AJC.com is where you can check out all of his work and, of course, give him a follow on his personal Twitter page, at D. Orlando AJC. D-Led, my man, we are finally here. We've got one week under our belt. It feels good to have some real football to talk about. Yeah, no question about it, John. Uh, some real football. They had to go out there for 77 plays on defense and I think 52 on offense. So we have to break all of those down here for the fans. So let's talk about the injury situation. So Patterson was back today. Okuda was back, and then obviously Troy Anderson went into concussion protocol. So I guess three parts to this question. Do you think Patterson plays? Do you think Okuda starts? And is it going to be the Nate Ladman show come Sunday afternoon? Well, um, Corderell was full today for the first time. He was limited all last week and then declared out. So that's a good sign that he's full. I don't think Akuda goes from zero to a hundred and, and goes back into the starting lineup and plays this week. I think they're gonna try to ramp him up and maybe have him for Detroit. Or he certainly wants to be back for the Detroit game, but definitely have him back by the Jacksonville game over in London. And uh, you know, as far as the backup for Troy Anderson, it's Tay Davis. He's the uh, gentleman that uh, is behind him on a depth chart and played 22 snaps in the in the Panthers game on special teams. Uh, Nate has never started. At least uh, uh, Davis has started four times, played in 40 40 plus games. He's more veteran, but yeah, that's uh, that's how we see him going with the uh, backup linebacker spot. You know, D. Led, I've spent the last probably at least four months. 
um, talking about and just harping on the idea of we have to be elite in the red zone. We have to be a 66-67%, two times out of three scoring touchdown team in the red zone, and that will put us, you know, in the top five and get us, you know, toward that elite status. I thought that was the whole key in this thing was three for three in the red zone in touchdowns. Look, there are so many weapons down there that there's no reason why this team shouldn't be an elite red zone offense. Yeah, and they only got the two of their weapons in this first game. You know, Bijan with a great open field play, catch and run, and making guys miss. Algier bouncing a run outside, and the other one just uh, going over the top. You haven't, uh, you know, I'm sure Drake London and Kyle Pitts could do some damage down there too. So uh, at least they got off to a good start with uh, with the running backs down there. So with that, you know, I, I thought that, you know, obviously as the game opened up and it got to be two touchdowns, you know, then you can dial up some blitzes and create some pass, you know, pass rush opportunities. But I still have this fear about what we saw in the first half that we just can't get to the quarterback. Like we just can't dial up enough pressure. And, and Sunday was a perfect opportunity to, to get some heat on a guy making his first start. You needed to make him uncomfortable. Now, look, he missed a lot of plays. But, again, I, I just didn't think that we did a good job on Sunday of getting after him enough. Uh, yeah, that's to be expected early on, I think. Uh, you saw him uh, uh, when the, once they did get to the obvious passing situation, they were able to get some heat on uh, Bryce. But uh, he wasn't fooled. They didn't. They tried to trick him and disguise coverages. Bates got him a couple times with the picks. But uh, yeah, for the most part, you want to be able to get. There. Uh oh, did we lose D led? Nope. Yeah, you want to get there with four. You don't want to uh, have to do the games and stunts and tricks and stuff. But um, we'll see how that pass rush goes as they move on down the road here. Well, and, you know, obviously, look, there were a lot of questions about the Panthers' offensive line, and I think that's the frustrating thing is just, you know, again, you saw what the Packers did on Sunday, and, you know, Jordan Love looked like, you know, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, you know, you know, illegitimate son or something like that. I mean, you know, he played out of his mind. You know, obviously they've got a good offensive line, but, you know, can we dial up some pressure against, you know, that – against that Packers offensive line without having to blitz? Yeah, they spent a lot of money on that front. You know, you want to try to attack it uh, through the A-gaps, and uh, you got, uh, you know, Oyamata and Grady Jarrett to get upfield. They can get it up uh, going up the middle. Then that makes the edges a little bit softer for Bud Dupree, Glenn Campbell, Lorenzo Carter, and uh, Arnold Evacati, that whole crew. So, yeah, you need to see them uh, work in unison up front to get after the quarterback. So, d I saw, I guess, where, um, I don't know if it was the Packers OC um, or one of their coaches was talking about how how good that this, you know, defense is for the Atlanta Falcons and how much personnel that they have. I think this is a very intriguing matchup. And, look, again, the season is not going to hinge on – whether we can beat the Packers or whether they, you know, beat us or lose, you know, to us. But this looks like two teams that are better. And obviously Jordan Love was, was really good. Uh, you know, how, you know, again, 
he's not a rookie. I mean, I, I know he hadn't played a whole lot, but he did, you know, spend time in that system over the years. How intriguing of a matchup is it this weekend with these two teams? It's a uh, very intriguing, uh, John, because uh, while Jordan didn't play, Coach Jerry Gray, who came over to the Falcons from Green Bay, got to see him practice every day for the last three years. So the Falcons won't be out in the cold. Uh, not knowing what this guy can do. They'll be very well coached up on uh, the throws he likes to make, the throws he can make, and the throws he can't make. So um, they won't be caught off guard like maybe the Bears were because there was such a lack of film on uh, Jordan Love. So they'll have a good book on him. They'll know how to attack him. Now it'll just be a matter of uh, if they can execute what the uh, coaches put together for him. D. Orlando Ledbetter, Falcons beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, joining us here on the WaitFor.com hotline. And, you know, Jair Alexander, the really standout corner for the Green Bay Packers, you know, he talks so glowingly about Jerry Gray. And I've told, I, I've said, look, I, I, think, I think Jerry Gray was the best addition uh, to this roster uh, that the Falcons made all offseason. But Jair Alexander is a guy that, boy, if you, if you read some of the things that he has said you know, even in the offseason, losing to Jerry Gray. He gives him all the credit in the world for how good of a player he is now. Yeah, no question about it. He's had a lot of uh, pupils like that around the league. Uh, Darnell Savage, the good safety back there, too, was also drafted uh, while uh, Coach Gray was up there. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's certainly uh, he's trying to have his impact here in Atlanta, much like he did in Green Bay. And uh, throughout his, wherever he's been, he's uh, had uh, pretty good defenses. And the cornerbacks that play for him speak, always speak glowingly of him. So, you know, d if we look at this offense, I mean, obviously, you know, people were, people were going after, I guess, in, in some ways, um, Desmond Ritter because of just the lack of yards and things like that. But I thought Ritter, for what was asked of him, played pretty well and look even Arthur Smith had to admit that they had to do some different things offensively to slow down some of that pass rush because they couldn't pass block very well do you think the plan was kind of to be a little bit more balanced and get Desmond Ritter some more opportunities in the passing game and that basically that the game dictated the fact that you couldn't drop him back as much as you wanted to yeah, no doubt. They couldn't block uh, Brian Burns. They needed uh, to bring the chipper in there, over there, and uh, have the back, the rest of the lineup with a uh, with a back. So, yeah, when you do that, you uh, limit, you know, what you're going to be able to do. Uh, you know, he uh, he didn't even try it down the field. So, I, I don't know. if I'm not putting it on Ritter. It was conservative game plan. He executed it. Uh, they tried to have some throws down the field, but, you know, the first one didn't work. And, uh, you know, uh, they didn't do it like they did last year. They, You know, they pounded you with the run and then slowed the rush down with the play action. So that's another uh, option for them moving forward. But, yeah, they knew that uh, Caleb McGarry struggles against the least speed rushers. That was a book on them coming out of school. So um, no, no surprise but that that, that wasn't um, – that should have been accounted for going into the game. That shouldn't have been an adjustment. So the Packers did pick up four sacks, and and look, I'm I'm sometimes obviously Justin Fields runs himself into some sacks. So I, you know, again, I didn't watch as much of that game to to see you know what what his play was like. But 
you know, the Packers did pick up four sacks on on Justin uh, Fields in that game. Do you, if I told you, if I say to you, 25 and a half is the over-under on pass attempts for Desmond Ritter going into this game for Green Bay, do you think that number is over or under 25 and a half? No, I think it's under. Yeah, that's an easy one. They're not even trying to throw it. Uh, they haven't showed that they can throw it more than that. Uh, this is a, a you know running team. I'm not expecting them to drop back and throw 30 times a game. So, uh, yeah, that's an easy under for me. So we saw Bijan get the 10 rushes and the six uh, uh, pass receptions. Is that kind of going to be his balance early on? Do you think that he increases his rushing attempts or – they, they use him more in the passing game if they can't get some of their guys open. Like, do you think that that's about the number of touches for at least the early part of the season that you figure that B. John Robinson is going to have? Yeah, I was thinking 15 to 20 and uh, going into the first game, and they hit that. So I'm going to stay right there with that. Uh, but like like I said, they only had a 52 plays, John. Four, four three and out, one four and out. You know, they had 13 possessions, two to end of half. So out of the 11 possessions, they punted seven times. So do you think so that – So do you think that the game plan going into this week is going to be start with the run and, and establish that and then, you know, get Desmond Ritter? I mean, again, we saw the first play was a ball off Dahlman's helmet and, and a reception for Desmond Ritter. Do you think that they get back to just running the football effectively early in the game and then open things up a little bit once they've loosened up the defense a little bit in the pass game? Yeah, I think they can do that too, especially if uh, Patterson makes his way back to get a chance to uh, load all of the running backs up and go at the Packers, who uh, you know have pretty good linebackers in Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell former Falcon. But, yeah, you certainly – you're not coming out throwing. He's not Dan Marino. <laughs> I mean, folks got to put their arms around him. He's not that quarterback. He's not Matt Ryan. He's not. You're not dropping back. You're not coming out throwing nine routes. That's not what they're going to try to do. They're spreading people out, try to go uh, vertical, and then slip somebody behind them deep like they did uh, late in the game against uh, the Panthers. So, you know, it's a different style. People got to get used to it. But, yeah, they're not, I'm not expecting them to come out empty and start throwing it all over the lot. That's not the way this team has been built. Last question, D-Led. Um, do you think that if Okuda is not going to play, do you think that the Packers and Jordan Love really attack Trey Flowers and attack some of these linebackers in the passing game? I mean, look, um, you know, Love was really, really good. You know, three touchdowns, no interceptions, 9.1 yards per attempt on 15 of 27. Do they attack the second corner, middle of the field? Like, are they going to come out throwing themselves? Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> Romeo Dobbs is available. I haven't uh, heard on Christian Watson. So uh, they pretty much went with Dobbs and, and uh -oh. for, you know, 11, 11 uh, touches for 127. So they, they'll try to do that again. And, uh, you know, the big running back, 
Uh, A.J. Dillon only had 19 yards on 13 carries, so they stayed with it a little bit, even though it wasn't working, just to kind of keep the defense honest. But, yeah, those would be the three things you got to do. You got to shut down Dillon. You got to keep Jones under control in space. And then, you know, you got Jesse Bates to help Trey out over there. So they're not going to leave him in one-on-one situations. And uh, you saw Bates got both of those interceptions when he was helping out Trey against the Panthers. D. Orlando Ledbetter covers the Atlanta Falcons for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Check out all of his work at AJC.com. He's on Twitter at D. Orlando AJC. Join me here on the WadeFord.com hotline. D. Led, my friend, as always, buddy, appreciate a few minutes on the show. We will certainly chat again with you here soon. Sure, no problem, John. Thanks for having me. And uh, don't be a hater on those red helmets, D. Led. Don't be. No, nah, I don't like them. <laughs> I don't like them. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. All right. <laughs> when we get back from the top of the hour, it will be time for the Falcons flyover. We'll update uh, the injury situation. And the awards are out from both Pro Football Focus and NFL.com for Players of the Week. Chuck Reed up uh, in the Key Studios. Sports rating after the game. Odyssey.com app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.